You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. She called it. Gotta give Hawk credit. She called Joker going off last night, and that one right there, the dagger to win it for the Nuggets, to put it away in Indy. That thing is still in orbit, I think. That was a classic Jokic, top of the key. That thing had altitude, went straight up around the sun three times and came back down and touched nothing but nylon. Uh, One of the big moments in the NBA last night. Welcome into BetQL Daily. We are live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Big show today as we continue to ramp up for conference championship weekend. We got to talk to Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus in the middle of the second hour. Some of his perspectives and best leans and plays for this Sunday. It's mock draft season, too. Yep, we got a whole bunch to talk about already in the second hour. You know, we'll pick Brad's brain about that. Look at the big brain on Brad. Jimmy Patsos in the final <laughs> hour of Monumental Sports Network. We'll talk hoops with him, both of the college variety and, of course, the NBA variety, which is where we start this morning, friends. What is going on in Milwaukee? Adrian Griffin fired, and all the rumors are now swirling that the the leader in the clubhouse for the gig is Doc. Doc Rivers. And, man, (laughs) yeah. I mean, (laughs) if if the problem with Mike Budenholzer was that he couldn't get you back to the finals after winning a championship three years ago, you're going to go to the Doc well? Okay. Let me know if you even get back to the conference finals, let alone the league finals with Doc running the show. This team has lost its way defensively, Joe. Um, the, they haven't found a way to incorporate Dame the way everybody thought they it would it would come so naturally. Even in games where Giannis has been out, it hasn't looked like the same Lillard. This team looks lost, even though the record says they're not, right? They're winning games maybe uglier than they have in past years, but they're still second in the East. And I I don't know what to make of this thing, man. Yeah. uh, Well, first on the Doc Rivers front, which we'll get to, are we rolling with that? Because I've only seen CNN Sports, which I didn't know was a thing. (laughs) I worked there. (laughs) For two years. Did you know they were still existing in 2024? Like, I didn't I know that was my a... co-workers on Instagram still, but yeah. Do they ever break stories? I, I think more them. internationally. They're big okay. international with golf and tennis. Um, so yeah. But we but haven't seen any of the heavy around. hitters in the NBA come out and really go with this. I guess so same ownership is NBA TV. So maybe they have some insight with Turner. Not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, but sometimes you see this and, okay, let's float it out there and let's see what the reaction right. is. NBA-wise, 
locally and all that. Uh, there's a lot here, a lot. Mm. And some of the reaction was, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. They're tied for the second best record in the NBA. How do you fire your coach in the, in the middle of the first season when you have such a great record? It, there's a lot more going on, a lot more. And it started even before they played a game. Like it started between Terry Stotts and Adrian Griffin, and Stotts resigned before the season even started. Like Griffin felt he was trying to undermine him, you know, and Stotts was Lillard's guy that they brought in. And Lillard wasn't even supposed to be part of the plan. But when you have that opportunity, you go and make that sort of a move. Defense, way worse. Way worse. Since Christmas. Like, okay, if you look at the year, defensive rating last year, they were number four. Top notch. Bordering on elite. Um, this year, 22nd. Since Christmas, 27th. Like, they're winning, but they understand that they're not going to win a championship that way. And, and that's what I go back to, Aaron. I keep going back. To, is, is it right? Is, is it the wrong decision? Well, the Stars hate him. They've had problems since before the season started. Uh, he changed up the scheme, and the players wanted the other scheme, and, and he went back to the other way. And so they, he gave in there very early in the process. That's still not working. You know, I mean, just I asked myself, are you going to win a championship with Adrian Griffin? And it's a resounding no. So I commend them on making this move and not wasting a season. I can agree with that. Um, also, like Giannis was originally pounding the table to hire Adrian Griffin because he didn't want right. Nick Nurse. And do you remember on the show, Joe, when I said, like, could the problem be Giannis? Remember when there's all this drama with the team, then they fired Budenholzer. Now he wants Adrian Griffin gone. Like at some point, the star players can't be making all these decisions as well. Like maybe he needs to look in the mirror. I don't know what's going on. I do know that when I covered the Mavs, Adrian Griffin was a player, one of the nicest dudes on the planet. And I've covered some dirt bags. So I never got creepy <laughs> vibes from him. So like, I'm thinking I would be shocked if there was some behind the scenes HR thing going on here. I think he's probably a nice oh, guy, not going to win them a championship. And they just, they have such good talent that they're getting by right now, but come playoff time, this just ain't it. And I agree. I think it is the right decision, but also you got, you can't be get, getting rid of coaches every six months. Like, what are we doing here? No. And I, I have a theory here, guys. And I, I started to develop this about a, yeah, about a year ago when we started to hear rumblings of. You know, people wanting to get out of Bucks ownership and who the people were that wanted to get into Bucks ownership. Jimmy and D Haslam own 25% of the Milwaukee Bucks now. Nothing Jimmy and D Haslam have ever touched has ever come about smoothly, right? Pilot mm -hmm. Flying J has had lawsuits against it. They've had to pay millions of dollars in fines to the government for trying to bilk people out of rebates and refunds. Um, he Let's not forget, this is the guy who owned the Browns during their most recent run of extraordinary futility, including an 0-16 season, and the ownership group that decided, yeah, you know what? Let's mortgage the future of the franchise for Deshaun Watson. And we see how well that's worked out. My theory, I know he's only a minority stakeholder in this team, but anything Jimmy Haslam turns touches turns to garbage. And Giannis is 
really one of the few compasses, I think, in that organization. And to your point, Aaron, when you when you don't have a lot of people inside the organization who are saying, no, this is how we're going to do things. Budenholzer, as much as he may have fallen short in his last two years there, each year, each spring, he lost to an eventual NBA Finals participant, right? He wasn't losing. I understand the Heat, were, but the Heat got hot. And they, no pun intended, ran to the NBA Finals. He wasn't losing to to terrible teams. And so they ran Budenholzer off because they don't have anyone else to guide the organization short of Giannis. And Giannis is starting to get to the point where I'm sure he's frustrated. And now that knee-jerk reaction of, oh, well, this isn't working. We don't. You, you heard him complain about the defense after that loss to the Cavs last month, right? Giannis sitting up there on the podium talking about how nobody has any pride in the defense. Giannis is the only compass for this organization. So if Giannis wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and fire Griffin and tell him to bring somebody else in, that might end up being what they do because this organization has no compass. It has no direction anymore. They've let themselves go from a team that should have been on the rise and competing every single year to a team that now can't even figure out who their coach is going to be every three or four months. In a perfect world, you're right. You need that. But also, the NBA is not a perfect world. And the stars hold all, all the power. We could talk about contracts yeah. all day, this and that. But look, if a player demands a trade, it's over. It's all over, and it's only going to get worse. So you have to do everything you possibly can to keep your star players happy, especially when you're in a smaller market like Milwaukee. You have no other option. So you're you're trying to thread the needle there where how do we keep our star players happy? How do we make sure he does not demand a trade, but also, you know, develop the correct culture? Like where we have a leader and he's everybody's following him. Like, was this going on before Lillard? Before you got a couple of stars together? I'd say yeah, because you had Giannis in the room as part of this process. But mistakes get made. And I just think in the end, the biggest thing is that they moved on from their big mistake. Like, you're going to make mistakes. If you know that's not the guy. I mean, right now, give them true serum, they're probably like, man, Coach Bud, I wish he was still here. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he – it was a little too hard on him for uh, the way he was ousted because we were always a top five defense. And we're going to have Jimmy Patsos on later in the show. I cannot wait to ask him about this. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. Also, I think it's kind of like parenting. Like you tell your kid, hey, you got to go to bed. They tell you no, and you let them stay up. Like you you can't like yeah. give Giannis all of this control. And they're in a tough position, easier said than done. I know they don't want him to go elsewhere. And he's kind of like, hey, make sure you bring in good players and a good coach or else I'm leaving. But if they had like um, an organization who was doing things the right way and weren't allowing star players to run away with this type of control, but I think because they've allowed Giannis to be involved and listen to him so much, like they can't really turn back now, you know, they're in a bad spot. Giannis is like, I'm not trying to paint Giannis as like some power hungry, out of control dude. I just think he's so competitive that he wants it now. I want to be back in the finals now. Come on, let's make this happen. Look, we had the team built, and now, okay, we went out and got Dame. Come on, let's do this. And look, maybe Adrian Griffin, in all likelihood, may not have been the guy to get them back there, right? You made that point, Joe. I think it's a good one. But yeah. at the same time, I think you got to give it more opportunity to breathe than. Uh, half a season and 
They didn't. And again, it all circles back to last spring and running, running Bolden holes are off and all that because this organization doesn't have that directional philosophy in mind. Essentially, yeah, the kids said, no, it's not bedtime yet. And they said, okay, yeah, <laughs> keep playing on your iPad. And we'll get back to you in 20 minutes. Um, the, ama- speak- the, the amazing <laughs> thing is a lot of times in sports, we say, eh, just win, it'll be fine. Winning cures all. Uh, yeah. You know, those feelings will go away if you win. Not here. It's no. not what's happened at all. And, I, you know, you can't help but wonder if they forced Nick Nurse in that role, how would he have responded? Would he have been able to smooth it over? I think so. But I don't know. They have a great record now, and, and it didn't work here. Uh, another point that people are going to, if it is Doc, the people are going to make the comp is like, oh, Griffin's record. Here's Doc's record. Mm-hmm. It's not all equal. They have faced to date the easiest schedule in the NBA. Moving forward, they have the toughest. So I think that's why they made this move at this point. Uh, speaking of organizational philosophies and messes, um, we'll get to college hoops in a bit. And I want to touch on the, some of those big games last night. But the Raiders went out and hired a guy as their GM yesterday, guys, who they essentially helped get fired six weeks ago. Uh, you remember the Chargers went into Vegas and got absolutely waxed 63-21 to 21 back in mid-December. The next day, Tom Telesco walks up to the, to the Chargers headquarters, holds the card up to the key reader, and it doesn't go beep and, and let them in. It just boop, boop, boop. Nope, nothing? Ah, well, maybe it's demagnetized. I'll try it again. Boop, boop, boop. Nope, nope, nope. You're gone. We'll see you later. You and Staley. And the Raiders... Bring him up the road to Vegas and hire him. A guy who has brought in a ton of talent, right? Uh, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. But whether you put it on the coach or you put it on the collection of talent, um, this is the same guy who signed J.C. Jackson to a massive deal, who traded for Khalil Mack. Um, Aaron, this, this just doesn't feel like the move for the Raiders. They got what they wanted a head coach, at least what the players wanted, right? Antonio Pierce goes from interim to head coach Telesco. I don't, I don't know. That doesn't seem like the move for a team. That's got some big things to figure out this off season, including what they're going to do at quarterback. I agree. I, I'm maybe he interviews. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> it just made me think here. The Raiders go again. It I'm waiting to see what happens with this Tom Brady situation. Isn't he still a part of this team or is he just not involved? I think it would be cool to see him in more of a GM position maybe helping out this Raiders team but yeah I have no idea what they're doing I find it interesting and this is not the only spot Vegas how things have flipped the order of the hiring process from for a long time it was GM then we'll figure the head coach the GM picks the head coach GM usually gets a couple of head coaches you look around the league now What's the first thing the Patriots did? GM or head coach? Head coach, Gerard Mayo. What, Raiders, first thing they did, lock in Pierce. He's the guy. Mm. Are we seeing a flip across the league where in some situations the head coach actually has more power than the GM? Yeah. That's a good point. It's, yeah, it's a really good point because that's, that is the way we're seeing things 
seeing things be built now. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Aaron and Joe. I'm Chris Mack. Listen to us on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and take us with you and listen to the podcast if you miss anything during the show. Coming up next, the biggest liabilities. We power rank them on the field for championship weekend in the NFL. That next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. From BetQL. How much more of that do we get Sunday night in Santa Clara in the NFC Championship game? Jared Goff with a couple of TD throws against Tampa in the divisional round there at Ford Field. Doesn't look like the weather is going to be an issue. A good weather game for Goff could be helpful. That's one of the things we've talked about throughout the week already as we look ahead to the conference championship games. Here on BetQL Daily alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski, I'm Chris Mack. Jimmy Patsos of Monumental Sports Network joins us at the top of the third and final hour here to talk hoops, specifically the mess in Milwaukee. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus one hour from now with his thoughts both on conference championship weekend and some mock draft info. Mock draft 1.0 is coming out from Several uh, mock draft folks in the last couple of days. We'll go over those in the second hour as well. But we wanted to do some power rankings. So let's power rank the biggest liabilities on championship weekend. Joe, you want to get us started? Count us down? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, there are a couple interesting angles that we'll talk about in the next few days where these teams are very similar. They all get to the quarterback. They all protect the quarterback. But there's certain holes in some of these teams uh, that need to be addressed as well. And I'll start at number five. And I did a combo. And the reason is, is I'm not sure how much it matters. My combo is the rush defenses for both San Francisco and Kansas City. And the reason I did that is I – I'm not sure that the rush defense matters that much when it comes to winning a Super Bowl, and they don't. They shouldn't be separated inside the top five. For both of these teams that rank near the bottom for both, and to be here in the Final Four, does it matter? Maybe it matters with matchups. Maybe it matters with some of the prop bets that you'll be taking a look at this weekend, but I'm not sure it matters in the grand scheme. So I put the Niners and the Chiefs, Rush defenses, which have struggled throughout the season, at number five. Number four, let's go Chiefs receivers. They're a liability. Anytime they lost, anytime a game was much closer than it should have been, one of the stories was their receivers. Whether it's dropping the football, oh, like we saw, fumbling it through the end zone on Sunday that single-handedly kept the Bills in that game. Most drops in the NFL, 44. Tony was a problem all year, MVS. Early on, Kelsey was having a bunch of drops. So Chiefs receiving game, specifically the receiver position. Number three, I'm going with the Ravens in the fourth quarter. I had a tough time picking out the issue with the Ravens. Like, we all know they're the most balanced team. Look at offense, defense, and special teams. Don't forget about that. Harbaugh's bread and butter. And, of course, you have maybe the greatest kicker of all time, too. It's tough to find a weakness with this team. But at times, they couldn't close things out. You look at the point differential on the season, domination. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. They were outscored this year in the fourth quarter, 118 to 117. 
So that is the one thing you can point to when picking apart the Ravens. Number two, let's go with Dan Campbell's inexperience in the playoffs. I know. They just there won a couple is. games to get here. Congratulations. You beat the Bucks and you beat a Rams team with a win total of six and a half that doesn't have a defense themselves. So but when you look at Andy Reid, 40 games. Harbaugh, 21. Kyle Shanahan, 10 games. That's a wide gap. So I think that's something, and it's worth bring, bringing up. And by far, the biggest weakness Biggest liability of these four teams left. It's the Lions' pass defense. Yeah. 100%. And it's going to be very interesting if the conditions are clear like it looks to be on Sunday in San Francisco, how that pass defense does against Kyle Shanahan's offense. They gave up the second most passing yards per game this year. The two playoff games, Stafford, 367 and two touchdowns. Baker, 349 and three touchdowns some of that because of catch up but still i mean it's been an issue throughout the season so number five san francisco kc rush defenses number four chiefs receivers number three ravens in the fourth quarter two dan campbell playoff experience number one lines pass defense have a feeling a couple of those may reappear in uh, some form or fashion in all of our rankings but Aaron, where do you start when we look at this? Um, Again, I know one or two of those are probably going to make it onto all three of our lists. That is correct. (laughs) So one thing I love about Paul Aspen is he says there's no rules. So at number five, I'm with you, Joe. Where is the Ravens' weakness? Well, there is none. That's what I say. There is no weakness for this Ravens team. The offense is hard to stop. The defense is great. You talked about the point differential. I have a hard time looking for a weakness here. And maybe in the fourth quarter, they're up so big, it doesn't matter if they're outscored. Uh, that'll be tough to pull off uh, come conference championship and Super Bowl. But overall, I felt like I was nitpicking. This is just a really good team. At number four. The Niners run defense. I think it's going to be tough for the 49ers to stop Gibbs and Montgomery. The Niners run defense, uh, they're just going to have a tough day. This is a two-headed monster. We always talk about how tough it is to figure out who to bet on prop-wise. The Packers ran on them last week, so I'm going with the Niners run defense. Up next, we've got one similar to Joe. I did Chiefs pass catchers, uh, the drops, the fumbles. They lack explosive plays, especially downfield like we are used to seeing with the Chiefs team. They don't really have it this year. Um, So I had to put that in there at number three. Number two, the Lions run defense. I don't know how they're going to stop the Niners. I mean, last week the Bucs had some success running the ball. The Bucs ran for almost six yards per carry. And now they got to deal with CMC? Have fun with that, is all I have to say. (laughs) And at number one, I got the same as Joe. It's the Lions' pass defense. These corners stink. They don't match up at all against these elite receivers that San Francisco has. Cam Sutton, Kendall Vildor, you're not good. Brian Branches, I got to hand it to him. 
the dude can play. But overall, the Niners receivers are a lot better than the Lions are uh, defensively. So I think that's going to be a tough matchup. So we've got the Lions pass defense, the Lions run defense, the Chiefs pass catchers, Niners run defense, and at number five, Ravens, no weakness. No weakness, she says. <laughs> no weakness. Why'd you for pick the, the Texans then, Aaron? Yeah. Come on. Why do you hate the Ravens, Aaron? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I thought we those channel- people are still coming for me, by the way. They way. are? Would, four, yeah. four days later. <laughs> Channeling our inner Instagram troll here to fire up Hawk on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's going to be some reappearances here. I'm going to start someplace that's kind of close to the neighborhood of where Joe went with one of his. And number five for me, Dan Campbell's, not inexperienced, Dan Campbell's, um, how can I say it nicely for most of the outlets that we're airing on right now? Dan Campbell's guts, okay? Dan Campbell's guts, we'll call it. Uh, He's going to go for it. Fourth down, his own 28 maybe at some point. I don't know. But Dan Campbell's going to go for it at some point when he shouldn't. Or maybe he statistically should, but it's going to backfire on him. Um, That's also the only way I see the Lions upsetting the Niners is to just play, I'll say it, balls to the wall. Um, But that could also get him in trouble. And so I think that's one of the biggest liabilities this weekend. Uh, Number four, the left side of the Chiefs offensive line. We don't know what the status is of Joe Thune. He messed up that peck in the Buffalo game. I can't imagine that he's going to be completely recovered for this one, if available at all. And Donovan Smith, their left tackle, if you go and check PFF grades, the lowest ranked offensive tackle left in the playoffs. So I don't trust Patrick Mahomes' blindside on Sunday afternoon, especially against a Baltimore defense that can generate pressure naturally without having to blitz. Number three, uh, this is especially big if Debo is not able to go. Juwan Jennings, um, I know he had a solid game against Green Bay, but that's really one of two performances all year where he's had five catches or more. And on top of that, there's a reason this team did not look good. Remember all the questions people had about Brock Purdy way back in like late October, right? Oh, is Purdy, Purdy just a product of the system? It's Well, Purdy's only that good because the players around him. And it's because Debo was out, right? We didn't have Debo, and therefore the offense could not pick up the slack without him. That included Jawan Jennings, who, again, just twice this year has five catchers or more. If he's got to be a volume guy at all on Sunday, I think they do have a little bit of a problem with that, even against the Lions secondary, which we'll get to in a moment. But number two on my list, We've already talked about it. You can call them pass catchers. You can call them wide receivers. You can call them whatever you want. They're not good this year. Rasheed Rice is less than 100% too. And so I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs wide receivers being a reason they're going to go into Baltimore and win the first ever AFC championship game. They've hosted an M&T Bank Stadium. I think it's much more likely they're a reason again that the Chiefs lose. And finally... As we all agree, the Lions secondary is a disaster. You mentioned the corners, Aaron. The three, if you again go to a PFF, and I'm, I'm citing PFF a lot today, so that if Spielberger is checking in early on the show, he'll feel <laughs> like he's having his ego stroked. Hi, Brad. Um, 
But you look at the 16 corners that are ranked by PFF remaining in the playoffs. You're right. They have Brian Branch, who's ranked third best among the 16 remaining corners. And then guess who 14, 15, and 16 are? Jacob Sutton and Vildor. And then you go to the safeties, and the safeties, they're not any better. You scroll through all of them, you got Tracy Walker and Kirby Joseph down near the bottom of the list, and their Mm -hmm. secondary is atrocious. So there are your biggest liabilities while you guys laugh hysterically at the headshot that Gertz put up next to my power rankings. There it is. It's beautiful, isn't it? What they made what is that from? I've seen they that. Made, Where, what is going on? They they made me. They made all of us sit in the stands at PNC Park for a photo shoot. Oh, and and there, did I see uh, that? In, uh, did I see that in Barrett Sports Media? Yeah, I think I, I did. could not. I Go ahead. Focus. It, it looks ahead. like they're trying to recreate a scene from Moneyball, and it went horribly wrong. Yes, that is. Uh, that's you, exactly what it is. I was, I was trying to figure it out. Swing, and you did not disappoint. And it's a promotions guy probably taking the picture with his phone, right? I mean. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, look look out towards the skyline. Now look back at me. What's that okay. called? Rack focus or something when it's like blurry in the background? I don't know, but it's amazing. Yeah, I'm here for it's, it. It's something. I actually, uh, I don't think we should use it again because I couldn't focus you, at you all lost through it. one in route. A, in a positive or negative way. Look, I'm just selling. I'm just selling. If I can't sell your home, I'll buy it directly from you and then rent it out. Okay. I'm not I'm selling one of to the that regions. guy. <laughs> you look so slimy. You look like the type. Wait, wait, you hold on. Seen? Hold on, Mister Sword Fight. Hold on. I'm, I'm the weirdo now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You look like the divorced dad who just saw somebody else's kids screw up on the field, <laughs> and you're about to let the other kid's parent know about it. Hey, oh, man. you know that he's happens. supposed to cover second there, right? I know. That yeah, happens. that's what. You, but you know, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, I, I'll say something if you don't want to say something. <sighs> so I had to turn the chat off because I couldn't stop laughing. I had to make sure I couldn't read it. <laughs> uh, so those are our biggest liabilities on conference championship week. I mean, two of us to try and stay on task for the last minute or so of the segment. Two of us yeah. basically didn't have one for Baltimore. Um, and I think that's yeah. that's telling as we go into the Final Four. Um, when, when we're looking, whether you're looking at Super Bowl favorites, whether you're looking at just plays for this weekend specifically, Aaron, you and I, I didn't have anything listed for Baltimore. You got creative and said no weakness. Um, there, there's not a lot there to look when you look at the Ravens, either side of the ball and say, oh, yeah, we can attack that. And then I started Googling Ravens weaknesses, and I still couldn't find anything that I like to put on this list. And Patrick Mahomes was even saying yesterday they have no weakness. So I'm like, of course he's going to say that. But really, it's a stretch if you're looking for one. No, they've got a top offense. They've got a top defense. they got a top special teams. Special they teams. got a top yeah. coaching staff. Like They're terrific across the board. they got a great quarterback. He's going to win his second MVP. He's going to go Coach. down as an all-timer. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's really difficult. It just goes back. I, there were a couple no-shows against teams they are far more talented against. And against yeah. good teams, they've been great. So True. That's that's something I want to bring up. Found Steelers. that, and, and we'll get into it later in Trend or Truth that I think is worth pointing out. We'll do that in the final hour. Brad Spielberger coming up at 1020 Eastern. Coming up next, though. As if we could get any more off the rails. 
We go off the board here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Mack, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And we have a couple of really great calls to get to in this segment. First, Korean media, they when they made the call of the Bills missed kick wide right, take a listen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, that makes I, it a I, little I, bit more fun, I think, if you're a Bills fan. It's less painful than hearing the words wide right in English, maybe. Yeah. I feel bad. Did you guys hear about Tyler Bass? Like, he was getting death threats and stuff. So now wow, people have donated over 100 k to his charity, but... It's just awful. Like, some people are just awful to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, expected. Like, you knew that was going to happen. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. He got off I wouldn't want to be. Why would you want to be a kicker? God. I mean, it just, it's, it feels like it's mostly downside. Like, even if you make every kick, if you miss one in that one moment in it was pretty windy at the time too, even though he knows that stadium, but like, yeah, you're, you're set up to fail. And then a lot of coaches, they just do hands off. I'm not saying this was a situation, but a lot of times it's, well, Oh, that's makeable. So we're going to stop trying on offense and it's going to be on the kicker. It's not going to be my fault. It's going to be on the kicker that missed, but uh, yeah, that's, that's tough. He's not going to be back there. It's just the way it goes. No, Can't be, can't be. No. Yeah, I was thinking about it like, man, guy needs a therapist. I mean, it's got to be tough dealing with that. Like, how long does it take to get over something like that? Like in sports, like you do, man. It like, sucks. Unless... We're laughing about it, but for him, this is gonna linger for a while. Unless you know? he hits a field goal in a in a bigger or in a, a, a you know a moment of magnitude of equal or greater order, like he never gets over that. Like. That ends up yeah. being his legacy in Buffalo, at least, right? And, and how'd you like to join the list of people not welcome back to Buffalo that includes Scott Norwood? Eesh. 
I mean, that's what everybody was saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you fix it, and it would be changing the game, but it still bothers me that games are decided by this. After 60 minutes of football, like, I get the argument that it's not football. That it, it, and it's deciding everything. It's deciding jobs. But I don't, I don't know how you end up fixing it. It's just what the game is. Get but, rid of you know, kicker. in certain elements, people are going yeah, away get- from kicking. <laughs> They're Get going rid of away the kicker from position. Yeah. Make a lineman do it. Yeah. I, that'd be fine. <laughs> that would be fun. fine. Fattest guy yes. on the team <laughs> has to yes. go kick. <laughs> I mean, think you how entertaining fat style. guy touchdowns are. Yeah. I mean, yes. fat guy kicks, that could be fun. Pull yeah, a random I, fan I, out of the yeah. stands and have them kick. <laughs> oh, man. The Philly guy with everything tattooed on his belly. That guy ain't. He's falling on his tailbone. There's no question. I love that guy. And he's got to do it shirtless. (laughs) All right. For another great call, we go to Charlotte. And this announcer absolutely loses it over a free throw. He's never made a free throw as a pro. What? I, oh, I love Leaky. Leaky might go down as one of the best Hornets calls in the history of the game. I love Leaky. Wow. That was something. <laughs> I've never really seen a celebration like that after a free throw. I don't think. Maybe kids, but like, do we ever see that? That was a lot. I mean, look at the team that you're cheering for. The, exactly. the few fans that they do have, like you got to celebrate the little wins in life. Sometimes yep. they don't have a much. <laughs> a free throw, wow! Yeah, a free throw and a yeah, win, man. nonetheless, too, against the guy who dropped sixty-two Imagine... on you, but you still somehow won. I know. Imagine like paying to go to that game, and like that was the highlight. <laughs> Never. Imagine being a fan in that city. We yeah. got the Panthers. We got the Hornets, just with with the ownership I mean, that you. Oh God, disaster! The Panthers just, were it, were not bad a few years ago. Well, maybe more than yeah. A few but years we have a crap now. owner. Yeah. We can't get rid of. We just messed up the number one pick. We we traded up. We passed on Stroud. He's probably going to be an all timer. Who knows? And and then we get, yeah. we got the little guy who's not going to be any good. <laughs> I don't think. And now we're excited about free throws. Welcome to Charlotte, the Queen City. Sounds terrible. At least it's cost of living is good there, so they have that going for them. All right, Joe, what you got for us? I know you said you have something for uh, off the board. Is it coaching related? Where are we going here? It was a sentence that was uttered to me the other day. Um, Does anybody, has anybody seen or heard of this stupid show, The Traitors? No. Okay. I saw a commercial for it last night. That's the only reason I know. So it's on Peacock, right? Yes. I believe so. So the wife is watching this, and she watches a lot of trash TV. Like, all the stupid reality shows, like Your Big Brothers, The Challenge, you know. this And, and these people think they're celebrities that have been on the show. So basically, this show has brought all of them together. A bunch of the Real Housewives are on there, too. And um, there's another combination of people. So I walk into the room, I'm like, 
what show is this? Look at these losers. Johnny Bananas is still doing this. What show is CT? What is he doing on there? Like, they're all still doing this and getting as many paychecks as they can decades and decades later. I'm like, okay. And she goes, did you know that Scottie Pippen's ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son? <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm well aware. They're on the show together. Both oh, of no. them. Oh, and it's that's like, what this is. I saw yes. them promoting this. Okay. Yes. I'm just oh, like, boy. how are you? This is you, my wife, obviously in the dark, anything sports related. I'm like, this is right up your alley. This has been going on for years. And it's part of the reason when the Bulls had the celebration a couple of weeks ago where they booed Jerry Cross's widow, you didn't have Jordan or Pippen show up because it's awkward for both of them. And during the last, last dance, there was drama and Scotty was mad and he was saying stuff. But like, yeah, that that's going on out there. I guess that's still a thing. And uh, it's just funny how. Uh, even people that are outside of the sports realm, just how the Tay-Tay and the Kelsey thing has gone. It's just like, even even her was like, oh. that Jason Kelsey is funny. Did you see that <laughs> the game with the shirt off? This is my job. I do this every day. I was in the basement watching the game. Yes, I saw Jason Kelsey with this shirt. And he was bringing girls up? to hang out with taylor swift he's he's a, he's he's funny i'm like oh this is how he ended up on the cover of sexiest man like i i thought it was dumb i was like this is fake like no i guess there are women including one in my house that love jason kelsey he just seems like a lot of fun yeah he's such a yeah. nice guy yeah. <laughs> I got a DM yesterday, um, a listener from the show asking if I think that there is some like conspiracy that the NFL wants to have the Chiefs and Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh man. So there I was like, are, are so you implying that it's rigged? Like, what are yeah. we doing here? <laughs> there, there are so many of them that I, there are more out there being discussed than I think ever before. Like, we've always had the Super Bowl logo one, but now it's mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. And, like, there's been there's been all sorts of different ones out there. There's, I'm sure yes, they would love it. But if you no. think, like, refs are going to make everything go the Chiefs way so that they're in the Super Bowl, that's where I draw the line. And the person wasn't saying that. He was just saying, do I asking if I buy into it. I don't. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I don't buy into all the crazy... It's rigged conspiracy theories, whether it's like Joe said, the super, the colors of the Super Bowl logo or Taylor Swift related, or I don't even buy into the whole, I, I thought this at first, but I've gotten away from it. I started to buy into it. The whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship deal is, is like a pre-orchestrated PR stunt. Like, yeah, that, that's accurate. Kind of like that's, that. That's accurate. That's true. You, th you think that's right? You think it is? Yes. Yes, I think it's fake. See, see, at first <laughs> I, I thought I that. never did. I I, th no. I thought it because we never saw like any PDA or like any sort. Same. You know, they would just kind of awkwardly stand by each other. Like, hey, what did your publicist say about this? Are we getting enough clicks? And then you started to see them actually kind of start to act like a couple a little bit more in front of the paparazzi. But to your point, Joe, maybe that's all part of the plan. Um, entertainment tonight.
put out there yesterday. Travis Kelsey is planning something special for Taylor Swift as the pair gets ready to spend Valentine's Day together. A source tells E.T. Travis is focused on Valentine's Day and wants to do something fun and special for Taylor. You know what we yeah. need is a Boise State Fiesta Bowl moment. We know well, we need Travis Kelsey to score the game-winning touchdown. Tay-Tay's on the sideline, and he runs right over and pulls the, the box out of his shoulder pads and drops to one knee. Dang, no. Right there. Right there. Oh, that's what like the need. Boise that's State game? I buy into the, yes, that's when I buy into yes. PR stunt. Uh, um, well, someone tweeted in response to that yesterday, He's taken her to the to the Great Wolf Lodge by the Speedway. The Chili's account also replied that tweet and said, "At Travis Kelsey, we have a table reserved." <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, bottomless chips and salsa. I mean, how can you go wrong? So, what is she thinking when she's in that booth with Jason Kelsey? And there, she knows she's in front of the world. And the the brother is taking the shirt off. Didn't didn't Burkhart say something? No, it wasn't Burkhart on that game. Whoever was announcing uh, the it game was it Nance? Been Nance, yeah. He, I didn't. He I didn't have the volume. Up. He said something strange. Something strange. I'm like, wait, they're well, not married, dude. If if something strange was said on a CBS broadcast, more than likely it was Romo just completely out of left field. Um, Beck yeah. UL Daily is presented by BetMGM alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. Mock draft season is upon us. we got a few of them to talk about next right here on BetQL.